0: Hello, hello! It's your girl Lo, the host of You Had Me at Yellow," The podcast where Asian Americans can come and air it all out. Welcome back! It's 2020, y'all. I can't believe it. I know, I know. I have a lot of explaining to do. It's been a while since I put out my last episode of Season 1. Welcome to Episode 14. So, basically, about mid-year 2019... I had a really rough time with the balancing act. I work full time as a designer. I was running the Yellow Ranger blog and socials on the side as well as trying to put out timely episodes of this podcast. On top of all of that, I was trying to, you know, maintain relationships with my friends, my family, and my boyfriend. Eat healthy, drink lots of water, get enough sleep, all of that stuff. It was a lot. And so I was at a crossroads. I wasn't giving 100% to anything because all these parts of me were scattered across my responsibilities and my priorities. So I decided to take a break from the podcast, step back for a while, and come up with a better plan on how to execute it. So here I am, back with a better mindset and a plan of action. I apologize to my guests and to my listeners for the wait. But I promise you, I promise you, that there will never be a time or that there was never a time that I didn't want to put you guys first. I just had to put um, my oxygen mask on first before I could help anyone else. So I hope you can understand that and have patience and understanding with me moving forward. As you know, I'm a big proponent of mental health and so i had to practice what i preach and put my own mental health first for a little bit with that said i want to introduce my next episode episode 14 featuring anna ramos she is the creator of Asian magazine we talk about her journey with the platform and intersectionalism please enjoy and follow her on instagram at a-S-I-E-N-N-E dot M-A-G. Thanks. Enjoy.
1: Oh, hi. How's it going? Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no, thank you for reaching out to me. Well, you were one of my inspirations, your account. Oh, really? To get started. No way. Yeah. yeah. That's so dope. Because I've been, you. like, thinking about doing it for, like, two years, and then I, I found you on Instagram last year, so I was like, Wow. Like her account's really taken off, and yeah, so I think, like you said, our purpose is kind of the same mm-hmm. in terms of like representation. And I really appreciate that, so thank you. Oh, no, thank you.
0: I'm really inspired by your account as well. <sighs> <laughs> um,
1: okay.
0: okay, cool. So, hello, this is uh, Lauren Espejo, the creator of Yellow Ranger and host of You Had Me at Yellow. If you're here, most likely you'll follow her on social media or the blog. This podcast is a safe space where people who identify as Asian-American can come together, chime in on our culture, experiences, and the latest news. I have a very special guest today, Anna Ramos. Uh, Are you the founder or one of the founders? of? Oh, the founder. The founder, (laughs) the only founder of Asian Magazine. So yeah, if you want to start off by like, introducing yourself and telling us like a little bit what you're about so
1: my name is Anna Ramos and I am Filipino I guess I don't really fit into the Filipino American experience because of having immigrated to the U.S. when I was nine but I kind of shared that sort of identity with Asian Americans as well and then Filipinos immigrated so I mostly identify as a third culture kid and that is shown through the post on at Asian, A-S-I-E-N-N-E dot mag on Instagram. And so the whole purpose behind Asian is to highlight the representation of Asian women in media today.
0: Awesome. So what gave you the idea to start this? And a magazine, especially nowadays, people like mm-hmm. associate magazines with like print things that you can like. Uh, something tangible that you can actually touch but what's right yeah what's sort of your inspiration behind launching it
1: okay so origin wise two years ago it was just the final project for an entrepreneurial journalism class Mm -hmm. and we were asked to think about what's something that we're passionate about and what is there like a product that we could build off of that and I just thought why not? Constance Wu is on Fresh Off the Boat. And all the other ones we had were like Lucy Lu and Sandra O, oh, which everyone like always, you know, is mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so now there's at least three big ones. Why not make this as a thing, even just as a, a final project? And I did get to pitch it in like a fake or mock Shark Tank in class. Oh, well, that's so awesome. <laughs> and, yeah, but I don't know numbers in terms of like actual logistics for it. So, hey. like, but it was just like a whole class thing. And then coming back from New York, I thought, why not make this a reality? So I tried it, but it didn't really take off. I wasn't really passionate about it until this year. So I was just gonna make it into like a one-page newsletter, like you find at like Trader Joe's or something. Oh, that's cool. And it was just gonna, <laughs> and it was just gonna be like local stories of you know Asian women in theater, movies, whatever. And then an alumni, she's also helping out. I connected with, said, "Why not make a website?" And I was like, "That's too much to update. There's too many stories. I don't think I could do it all by myself." Mm-hmm. And so, I it just. It just kind of like took off on its own where the interviews were finding me and I, and it was just like, it just cannot be just one page anymore. Like people deserve more than just a one, like one page newsletter thingy. And so I'm not really sure. I think it's a little work in progress in terms of like the direction it's taken off. But I mean, I'm no complaint. I'm really like grateful for the response of the Asian American community so far it's
0: so awesome yeah like you said it's important <laughs> to just kind of start like our sort of ideas instead of like because we you could have just yeah. been prepping like a bunch of interviews and like stories and things like that but to actually yeah. launch it is so scary but it's mm-hmm. also exciting because for the same reason like it's scary because of the unknown but it's exciting because of the unknown because like anything could come your way
1: yes <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah. So, what has been sort of like the low point since launching, and what has oh. been like your high point?
1: Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we're getting so, into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess, I'm, usually go on, I'm usually the one. I'm usually the one interviewing people. So, this is like <laughs> 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 okay. I guess. Okay. Like, we're gonna start with the low point. I think it's just because I had I said the bar really low for expectations on myself because it was just me before just doing it. And so I was like, as long as I can turn out stories monthly, that's fine. But it turned out to be like, it's kind of a pro and a con at the same time that there are stories that came every month and then almost, and then there's Asian August. So I guess this is like a pro and a con, like losing sleep basically mm-hmm. because of this, this, it's a passion project right now. It's kind of non or self, what do you call that? Like self-made. Um, yeah. Oh, self-funded, sort of. Yeah, I think that's, that's sort of the word. But I guess, yeah, I guess that's the lowest point is just being overwhelmed mm. of how it turned out and not knowing how to handle it. But it's not a bad thing, you see, because I I never would have thought the response would have been like this. But I think it also comes with the highest point, which is the right timing with Asian August. I don't think I could have pulled this off last year. I think that would have been like worse if I tried. The timing is everything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: I agree with you on that. I, I can relate because I started around the time of the election and that's when a lot of like oh. activating our community yeah. was happening. So yes. so similarly, it's like one, once the conversation gets going like around our community, it's, it's like we lucked out in a way. Yes. That's so wow. cool. No,
1: yeah. I can't imagine having started this during the election. But I think, yeah, I think like 2017 was kind of like a stagnant period for any commotion. <laughs> like Asian August kind of like cemented. Or validated Asian's existence almost. That's so great. So I hope that answers it a little bit because uh, Lois was like kind of like a pro and con. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely.
0: So, what's sort of your, your goal? But like, what's oh, your, right, right, right. What's sort of your dream thing happening with the mm. magazine?
1: Uh, like, just like you asking me this, I just always ask people that question too. It's <laughs> like being turned back to me. I, I don't know how to respond to this. Now I understand. But my interviewees must be like, well, I, it might be too ambitious, but why not? Because no, why not? You have your dreams. Your dreams have to <laughs> freak you out. Happen.
0: If they don't freak you out, yeah. then they're not big enough. <laughs> You're like, yeah. can I do that?
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right? Yeah. Wait. I mean, just talking to you right now is kind of like a, a dream come true to like, no even way. have. yeah, to even like have another Filipina talked to me about this and just kind of be realized as an actual thing when it was just like a project for school.
0: Right,
1: (laughs) right. Two years ago. I think I want to go full on 13, going on 30 with it, where it's going to be like, well, not like a fashion magazine, but that's important too. I'm just not very like, that's not my alley. I need someone who is knowledgeable about fashions to do that side of it. But more so, like, can I drop names? Is that okay? Like of People course. Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> of course. We <laughs> you yeah. can talk about anything you want. That, okay. <laughs> uh, so, just seeing it on the newsstands, seeing, like, an Asian woman in entertainment and pop culture on the cover, like, on newsstands that you can actually buy, like, at the airport, at Barnes & Noble, stuff like that.
0: hmm That's that, great. That's the dream for it. Sort of like the Asian version of Latina magazine or like yes. eb- or like yes, Ebony or like Essence. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: exactly it. You, you articulated it for me.
0: But I, yeah, I think that's so important what you're doing, because there's not a, a lot out there. And if there is, they're not like well known. You know what I mean? So just the fact that you're just you're just yes. like, wait, there's a void that needs to be filled and I'm going to fill it.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, because, yeah, because the thing is, nowadays, sure, we'll have, like, Constance on the cover or Gemma Chan and Sandra Oh, but, like, Mm -hmm. they're just the main feature, and then everything else is just, like, what it's always been, and I know that's, like, a huge statement to make, but I know we're making, we're still in the progress of it, but I would want something where it's all Asian women, and that's, like, still a process because you know there are underrepresented Asians
0: yeah, and absolutely. want their
1: voice to be heard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like South Asians, Southeast Asians, where it's not just East Asian rep. Yeah. As we've had mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Asian American term itself
0: is so broad, like the amount mm-hmm. of different types of people and the amount of different types of culture that fall into yes. that is insane. So, yeah, I feel like I agree with you're saying, like, mainly right now, it has just been representation of East Asians rather Mm -hmm. than like, like, like brown Asians, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. So I totally agree with you. So that I mean, that's really why I started Yellow Rangers, because it's not I identify I just started identifying as Asian because when you grow up Filipino, you're kind of like in between. Do you get what I'm saying? yeah. Thank you. Yeah, especially if you grew up in America, you always get compared to, like, Spanish people and, like, people don't really mm-hmm. know what box to put you in because you're not their idea of what an Asian person is. So yes, exactly. So it's so important. Representation just, like, on every level. So definitely in terms mm-hmm. of, like, what you're doing and, like, with social media, it's, like, we have that void and, like, that gap that needs to be filled. Yes. But by, like, us telling our side, not someone else's idea of what we are.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Yeah. You just, you said it all. Yeah. (laughs) No, because I I talked to other, like, Filipinas as well that I've interviewed. And the number one thing is that, yes, there's Asian rep in movies right now. But in terms of, like, Filipino stories, we're still kind of invisible because we live in that middle of looking and having like latino last names and like and then they can't really pinpoint like our nationality or whatever right off the bat and then but in terms of like talent though we have like a we have jessica sanchez we have darren chris and it's like but it's still not we can still like kind of blend in so much of the thing with that they can we can't blend in And sometimes that's kind of... Assimilate, yeah. It's kind of hard. Yeah. It's hard to assert your identity when you're kind of, like, getting into all these, I don't know, boxes. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, like, you know, when you you sign up for, or, like, you apply for a job, or, like, you fill out some kind of application, Mm -hmm. and, and then it says, like, put your race. And it mm-hmm. and it has like Asian Pacific Islander and like oh, you're right. just like, wait, is it wait, what yeah is it?
1: What <laughs>
0: you're both. Yeah, what if you're yeah. both or what if you like I heard some some kind of crazy statistic where like fifty seven percent of Filipinos in LA don't identify as Asian.
1: Wait, are you serious?
0: Something like that. that. Something like something in the forties or fifty percent, but like mm-hmm.
1: that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. And, so. and I kind of get it, though. Yeah, yeah, I get it, too. I get because it, too, because, like I was saying. I think, well, because I was born in the Philippines, and I, and I grew up there till I was, like, nine. The whole idea of, like, being Asian to, to attempt to even reach that level of Asianness is Chinese, Japanese, and Korean. They're, like, mm-hmm. so, I, I hate to say it, but it was kind of, like, embedded in the psyche, the Filipino psyche, that they're the asians mm-hmm. and because we as filipinos were colonized there is still that mentality yeah. where where would we place ourselves if they're the asians and what are we like are we natives are we you know what are we that's like the biggest question and i think hearing that statistic like coming from la and there's so many filipinos there too yes it's like well then now what where like because there was actually that video i think it was like Long Fu bros right mm. they they were asking a bunch of norcal asians they're like are filipinos asians or pacific islanders uh-huh. and other other asians answered that they were mostly asian i think there were just only a couple who said um, really Pacific islander so i'm um, that's yeah, so so here, it's so interesting. Like a NorCal, SoCal thing. But just the yeah. fact that that's a question
0: shows exactly. how much is not known about our culture. You mm-hmm. know I mean? And it's
1: Filipino American History Month. And yes, like, so important. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I've heard that Filipinos have been here since, like, the gold rush and we're just like not documented and yeah. that's such like new information for me
0: yeah the first I filipinos were found i think it was the they discovered that the first filipinos that landed on us soil was 1587 so if you put right? that if you put that in context to like when we when we were liberated from the british in 1776 yes. that's like 200 almost mm-hmm. 200 years later so it's like, hello, yeah. been
1: here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah. Both of guys are kind of like the invisible agents because, like, yeah, they don't know what, what to place, place us as. Uh,
0: yeah. And we don't, mm-hmm. and not, not many of us are ber- versed in, like, how to do that it's like, yes. do you really want to dive into a whole history lesson with you right now? <laughs> <laughs> <is> with,
1: right?
0: <laughs> like to really explain. Okay, this is what this is mm-hmm. why we are the way we are, and this is why we exactly. are exactly. We're like the, exactly. the the only Asian country that's like a majority Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no, that's yeah so true. So that al- true. that alone sets us apart because that like that religion Catholicism has so many cultural nuances that trickle into Mm -hmm. like, you know, everyday life for Filipinos.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, because, you know, the faith conquered us for like 300 years and I exactly. And people are so surprised to hear that too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, It's just, it's hard to explain that as well. Mm -hmm. Like with your last name For starters, and it's like, but you're Asian, you Mm -hmm. look Asian, or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we're like the cultural orphans of Asia or something.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: So what was it like for you to emigrate to the States? I immigrated to the US when I was nine, this was like in 2004, and we moved to Miami, Florida. And so I grew up around Puerto Ricans and Cubans. And that was kind of the norm for me. And then we moved to central Florida Mm -hmm. near Tampa. And so it was a mix of Cubans and white people. And my best friends were Indian. And so are, they still are. Okay. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I grew up with that kind of, it's, it's a different mix. I wasn't sure how to handle that, but there's only like, besides my friends who are Indian, they there's only like one other Chinese girl or two. And so to other to people in middle school, we were like, so Asian equals Chinese basically. Mm. And I used to bring, okay, we're going to get there. I, I wasn't, I didn't think I was going to say this, but I used to bring like homemade food, like rice and like, Mm -hmm. Um, spam and eggs and like filipino food too sometimes but then i stopped doing that because i wanted to be like so i just wanted to be normal whatever that definition of normal was and like having smelly food was kind of like not what normal was and so that was my thought process as like Mm. an 11 year old a 12 year old and Um. so we moved to texas by the end of middle school so all of all four years of high school was in texas and it was a melting pot of mm-hmm. white people, mexican and Blacks. Mm-hmm. and there were asians but there were vietnamese and i so wanted to be best friends with them but they didn't consider me asian enough and or their type of asians enough to be <laughs> we be best friends for them. And so <laughs> I my best friends in high school are, are black mixed with something like black and Asian or black and Puerto Rican. And mm-hmm. so yeah, that's been, been like for the longest time, I just remember wanting to have an Asian group of friends, and I just kind of gave up on it. Yeah. I still went to California for my college years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was like it was I don't want to say it was too late, but I've already formed an identity for myself. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to an evangelical all-white Christian school. Actually, I shouldn't say all-white, but it was predominantly. And then even there in New York, it was mostly white kids. Mm -hmm. And so it was exciting to see other Filipinos and Asians because you can count you can count how many of us there were. I like joined the Asian org. And so, but the thing was, there was also still that disconnect, even though this was like my dream, having immigrated to the US, was to go to California so I can be normal with other Filipinos. The difference in the disconnect was that they were Filipino-American and I still spoke to Gallup. And so it was like, it was hard to explain the whole immigration experience where it was hard for me to relate to them as well. Mm. and then you know it, I, it was hard for them through.
0: yeah yeah I can kind of relate to that too like I started I had a few Filipino friends in high school but then mm-hmm. it was like it was like you said like it was predominantly a uh, white school and then uh, I had a lot, yes. a lot of Indian people uh, mm-hmm. at my school too so but then all the others so like the black mm-hmm. people the, the Spanish people and the, the other Asians yes. kind of all banded other- together yeah <laughs>
1: so that's the, the, hey, my friend. we're authors too. So
0: <laughs> exactly. So and then trying to find like that Filipino community in college. Yes. I had that mm-hmm. similar experience where I was like, oh, uh, I, I actually went to school for graphic design for art. So Ooh. every every I could name every Filipino that was in my program, <laughs> and it was maybe three of us, right? And that's, wow. like, freshman to senior level. Like, those three of oh us. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so the other kids in the Filipino, like, I guess, association were mainly, mm-hmm. like, like medical or, like, science majors. So, mm-hmm. I, Right, right. I'm sure not all of them were, but most of them. No, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't really, like, like, our schedules didn't line up, and I didn't know what to talk to them about. And I was like, the only thing we have in common is literally where our parents came from and after that after that like conversation runs starts like uh all right let me i have to go to my three-hour art class and you have to go to this lecture
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know wow yeah so i i can kind of relate to you where it's like it's
1: it's kind of weird yeah yeah You see another Filipino and you just get excited because of like the scarcity, but then they can't relate to you either. So it's like, (laughs) it's weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. So what did you go to college for? I majored in journalism. Yeah. Like what have you kind of come across like since starting like the Instagram and all that kind of stuff? Like, especially when it comes to like intersectionalism, like have you that it's like easy or a little bit tricky to kind of navigate those?
1: waters oh okay because like you said the whole like asian in itself as an identifier is already too broad for like one person to take on and like lists and all that stuff but asian american so now like when you try to what is it kind of make it more specific i feel like it's hard um because or you try to narrow it down It's hard because because I still want it, personally, to be so inclusive. Yeah. There will still be others who will feel left out. Of course. But only because I think, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm always open to writers from other Asian regions and nationalities Mm -hmm. to contribute. But I guess I haven't really explicitly had, like, a submission post. It was more of, like... People Reach out on the DMs or like comments and emails, and that's how the process has been so far. But the whole thing is just it's hard to navigate interse- intersectionality in all aspects without you know a group feeling left out in yeah. And that's that's not that's not what I want. But the thing is, I'm also like I'm not omniscient, I'm like, <laughs> I yeah, uh, I would need help navigate those waters but I definitely acknowledge the fact that it's a possibility that a group or like two groups of people would feel left out mm-hmm. and more possibly yeah. but I think the goal is to not it to, for, for Asians to not be exclusive just for certain Asians because mm-hmm. I mean personally understanding that you know Filipinos are invisible Asians, why would I like consciously make it a thing for others to be, to feel left out if they fit under the Asian identity. Right, right. And so, yeah. I feel like I've I've found people
0: who are outside of the community sort of like Mm -hmm. chiming in as well and Mm -hmm. correcting certain things and it's like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to be inclusive and like make sure that they feel heard but you also feel like you're you're a little, you're an outsider. We don't want to make them mm-hmm. feel like an outsider. It's so tricky because it is. It's so hard to be politically correct nowadays.
1: That mm-hmm. no, that's so true. I agree. Yeah, because I think we can only do so much. That we're stronger if we banded instead of like having this call out culture of like let's just like if we want to have a discussion, let's have a discussion. If you want to have a discourse, let's have a discourse. Mm-hmm. But, like, it doesn't, it doesn't help if we're, there's not an attempt to band and form this bond of, like, solidarity in terms of, hey, let's get this thing up. Yeah, so, I agree with you. Because it's, then, a, you know, we're feeling left out, yeah.
0: Yeah, if, you, if you're on the opposite side of where I am in terms of your opinion, mm-hmm. then I mm-hmm. would love to talk about it, but in a yeah. way where it's not, like, combative. Like we're not yes. pinned, against, yes. yeah. Where we're not pinned against each other in a sort of war. It's more yeah. like it's more like okay, I want to hear. I almost want to hear you out because I really want to understand why you exactly. chose to vote for a certain person or why you choose to continue mm-hmm. to support right. someone. You know what I mean? So it's like that's mm-hmm. that's how we learn more about each other. Not only as Americans, but like. There are Asian-Americans that probably did vote for Trump, you know? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's like, yeah, you want to hear all the sides of the spectrum, but there's a right and right way to do it. If you're going to be inappropriate and mm-hmm. discriminatory, then we can't continue the conversation. But I'm sure there's people out there that you could totally have like a totally civil conversation. And it's like, OK, let's just hear each other out. You know, we know that we're going to disagree, but it's like, yeah. You know, we can understand each other better than we can get to the finish line together instead of being on opposite sides.
1: Yeah, Yeah. because I I think it's uh, first and foremost respect, which I think a lot of a lot of us have lost after the election, where it's like we're focusing on the differentialities of people where we don't really see the commonalities of what what do we have in common to begin with to even start this conversation. Mm -hmm. So that's that's been difficult to navigate since now we were, like, on midterms and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. it's like, where is this going? Like, whose side are you on? It's, it's like, there's not just two sides, I don't think. I don't believe that. There's not just two sides to anything. Yeah. No, there so, isn't. There's, like,
0: maybe seven or eight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so a proper discourse can't just be, it's you versus me. It's you and me talking about a problem, that's mm-hmm. the solution. So why even ruminate on just the problem to begin with if we can Mm. find a solution is the main gist of it I think that's a great
0: point yeah thank
1: you
0: yeah Yeah, I feel like especially now I've Mm -hmm. I've always like ever since I was around the age to vote have heard like yeah go Mm -hmm. out and vote especially like targeted towards like young people but I feel like now Mm -hmm. I've I've been hearing more like Since I'm more ingrained in the Asian American community since launching Yellow Ranger, I've seen more of like the targeted to our community to Mm -hmm. like the importance of voting. So Mm -hmm. that has been interesting as well, because it never occurred to me until fairly recently how important Mm -hmm. it is to have people who grew up like us in government. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Because because you never saw it. Right. So you're just like, Mm -hmm. Oh snap! There are people who are already in office that we should be supporting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah, like Ted Lu is a really big person that I follow. He is. Oh, what state? What state is that? He's California. Oh, I, really? I believe, yeah. And he is he like everything he tweets is I I have him have the notifications on because it just helps me keep mm-hmm. keep track of like because it when it comes to. The government, there's so many moving parts. Every day, there's something different, right? Right. So I found myself realizing, like, I have to vote even more now because mm-hmm. not only are we being represented in the media, but we need to be represented in other places that matter as well.
1: No, that, that's so true. But the, the thing is, like, I don't, I think in my case, I didn't, well, I came of voting age in California, but having come from Florida and Texas, it was kind of like, I wasn't aware of people in office in California. (laughs) Since like literally having, I turned 18 in California and like having lived in all these other places, it's like, okay, so who are my representatives? And who is like in office that is relevant that would help my voice be heard? But that's so true that you point that out because I don't think it really occurred to me about the change that we could possibly make until the 2016 election.
0: Mm. And
1: so that I don't know, that's big and mm-hmm. huge and I'm still, I'm still learning, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Like I, I turned 18, 2008. So Ooh, okay. that was like the year of Obama, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. to be able to vote, I felt so privileged, especially mm-hmm. You know how historical that time was, and Mm -hmm. yeah, so I feel like that was kind of like a beautiful way for me to start like (laughs) my voting history, you know, yeah, 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 just to see like changes possible and representation is being taken more seriously, not in terms, not only in terms of like race, but also Mm -hmm. in terms of like just every other every other umbrella that's under intersectionalism. You know what I mean? Like women's rights, LGBTQ Mm -hmm. rights, just every single kind of human rights that's out there. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's all all just so recent. It's just like the past 10 years too. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Yeah. And I think it's important that we, that we do kind of feel like what you were saying, like a little bit, like a little bit like, whoa, you know, it's a lot, but it's important that mm-hmm. we keep reading up on it and keep talking to each other about it, and just keep staying on it, so that
1: mm-hmm.
0: we can inform each other. Not only as like an Asian American community, but like just like the human race in general.
1: Yes, no, for sure, I agree.
0: So to sort of just like wrap up, like where can people find you and on Instagram, okay. Twitter, online, and all that kind of stuff.
1: So our website, Asian Magazine website, is as. I E N N E magazine.com and we're also on Instagram at, at Asian Mag so A S I E N N E. Mag. Awesome. And that's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with me. It's so exciting. Thank you, Lauren. Following oh my God, your journey. An honor. Oh, stop. Yes. <laughs> wow. I know. I'm such a fan and it's kind of like um, really cool to see how you've grown and like to continue to see how you're going to grow. Oh,
1: uh, yes. We're all in this together. Seriously, like. Yes. Thank you.
0: Hey, guys. So that was episode 14 with Ana Ramos. She was super great. I really love talking to her, especially about what it's like to be Filipino-American and all of that good stuff. As you may know, I like to close out each episode with a mental health tip. And for this one, I thought it was fitting to do one that applied to me and what I went through, especially last year. Basically, I saw this quote online and it was super fitting. It says, make a list of things that make you happy. Make a list of things you do every day compare the lists and adjust accordingly. So that's basically what I had to do. I had to realize that the things that I was doing day in and day out, some of them weren't making me happy. And at the end of the day, like, what are we here for if we're not doing things that make us happy or things that are enjoyable or bring us peace? So just take a second and do those two things. And like it says, adjust accordingly. If you have to Spend more time with your family, with your friends, with yourself, exercising, eating healthier. If you have to do, spend more time doing those things instead of whatever else you're doing. Take the time and really reprioritize your goals and all of that. So that's my little tidbit for this episode. I hope you enjoy and I hope you keep on listening to You Had Me at Yellow. Stay tuned for more 2020. We back at it. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Bye.